nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. I'm so happy to be back on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. This is Leanne Meyer, and I'm here today where our our episode title is Case Managers, Guides Through the Healthcare Maze. So I have a lot of respect for nurses who are case managers. I've had times in my life when I've been very sick and knew that I needed help to find my way through this maze of healthcare options. But I'm a nurse. I shouldn't, uh, shouldn't I be able to do this for myself? One time I realized I was planning my funeral and thought that I had better figure out who could help me. When we are the patient, all nursing and medical knowledge tends to go right out the window. Uh, it is at that time that a nurse case manager is just what we need. My guest today is an expert case manager. She has not only done it for decades, but she is making her expertise available to create the next generation of case managers. Please welcome Deanna Cooper-Gillingham. Thank you, Leanne. Um, I really appreciate that warm introduction. Oh, you're so very welcome. Um, so I'm, I, one question I ask all of my guests is if you could give us a brief overview of your career. But before that, tell us how you came to nursing and then from there, how did you get into case management? Well, um, I when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a nurse. And actually, when I was in high school, I had some people that were nurses talk me out of it. <laughs> that was back in the <laughs> 1980s. And, and so um, I decided to go to college for something else. But after a year, I knew it just wasn't for me. So um, a few years later, I went back to school and I was trying to decide what I want to do. And I said, you know what? And one day I just woke up and it was like, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm not going to let anybody talk me out of it. That's what I want to do. And it has been a wonderful decision. I'm really glad. Um, I've never regretted the decision to become a nurse. That is fantastic. And then how to case management? Because the 80s, well, that was pretty really new. Case hand. management was pretty yeah. new then, wasn't it? It was, and I, I worked as a bedside nurse for quite a while. I had a lot of acute care experience before I went into case management, which I think is a good thing. Um, that's actually one of the reasons why I was hired as a case manager. But um, it got to the point where I wasn't able to work on the floor. You know, nurses work those 12-hour shifts, and mm-hmm. um, I had an injury to my ankle, and so I just couldn't walk. I couldn't be on my feet for 12 hours. So I went back to eight hours. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. Um, even doing a four-hour shift was not working. And a friend of mine had talked to me about case management for years. I was like, no, I don't want a desk job. I like the hands-on patient care. But it got to the point where I needed to do that. And so um, she made an introduction to me to the hiring manager, and I, at that time I got into case management. I'll tell you, um, Near the end of my career, I wanted to get into case management, and I had a friend that had just become a manager there, and um, so I was thinking, oh, good, I've got an in, Uh, because when I had looked into it before, it was just pretty much, well, you know, you don't have the training, and you've been out of bedside nursing for a while, and so, you know, it was always kind of very evasive. Um, It ended up that she was not able to hire me. They put a hiring freeze on right about that time. Uh, So it didn't happen. So I'm very curious about how do people get into case management? 
Yeah, that seems to be one of those. Um, <laughs> it's it's a very it's like a secret society. It's hard to get into. <laughs> um, I will tell you the way that I got in was basically my friend um, snuck me the hire the manager of the unit of the case management department's um, phone number and email address. So hmm. I was able to get my resume directly to her, and then when mm-hmm. she didn't call me, I was able to actually call her on the phone and say, hey, did you get a chance to look at my resume? And she actually interviewed me at that time right there on the phone, and by the end of an hour, she was offering me a position. Oh, um, my because goodness. Because of the experience that I've had and the passion that I had for just, um, you know, going the extra mile for the patient. You know, as case managers, I think a lot of people don't know exactly what case managers do, especially if the only time you've had a run-in with a case manager is in the hospital when she's telling you this isn't covered or <laughs> something is denied or you need to document yes. in a certain way. So sometimes people don't have the um, the true knowledge of what case management is and what case managers do. So maybe we want to talk a little bit about that for a minute. I can kind of oh, I think bit that'd be great. Let's do that. Exactly. Okay, wonderful. Well, you know, I usually when people ask me what case management is, um, there's a definition by the Case Management Society of America, and it really tells what case management is. It's a collaborative process of assessment, planning, facilitation, care coordination, evaluation, and advocacy for options and services to meet an individual and family's comprehensive health care needs through communication and available resources to promote um, patient safety and quality cost efficient outcomes. And that sounds like such a mouthful. So <laughs> it, I mean, but it really does explain very well what we do. I think uh-huh. the, the better definition that I like to say is we help our clients get the care, um, both the healthcare and the community services that they need when they need them in a safe and cost effective manner. So that kind of sums up what case management is. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess, again, more from the patient side, I had uh, one of my very good friends had bilateral um, uh, can- uh, breast cancer, uh, which was, she was told that the one side was very serious and the other side was encapsulated and nothing to worry about. <clears throat> and uh, when they went in to do the surgery, um, the, the side they said not to worry about, the, the encapsulation actually ruptured. And it turned out it was an extremely fast-growing um, uh, cancer that if she had not literally been on the table at the time it happened, she would have died probably. And um, so I just thought about it from her standpoint. Uh, she was connected to this case manager, and she was just in such shock that really, um, you know, very brilliant person had been around healthcare for a long, long time, wasn't a nurse. But if it had not been from that case manager being able to make her appointments, um, remind her, answer all the questions, be able to tell her what she had just been told by, you know, whatever um, person, doctor or um, healthcare provider she had been given, she just couldn't get her brain around any of what was happening, much less to try and uh, make a plan to go forward. So that was my first opportunity to really see up close and personal um, just how vital case management is. Yeah, and that's actually a, a great example. That's one of the examples I usually give is a patient with cancer. You know, when you have a surgeon and an oncologist and a radiologist, and they're all telling you different things, you know, the oncologist mm-hmm. is saying we need chemo first, 
And then the oncologist, uh, the radiologist is saying, no, we need to do radiation. And the surgeon's like, we need to cut it out. And you don't know, hmm. you don't know who to believe. appointments to do first and who to listen mm-hmm. to, which, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think as a case manager, our job is to just explain everything to the patient because once they hear the diagnosis of cancer, they usually don't hear much after mm-hmm. that. So yep. we reinforce what the doctors are teaching them and we answer any questions that they have. And then we don't really make decisions for our clients, but instead we help them to make informed decisions. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're just frozen. They don't even know what to do next. So we can come in there and kind of help them to make the best decisions for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, different, you can have two different people with the exact same diagnosis and what would be in a great treatment plan for one may not be a great treatment plan for another. You know, if you have a mother with young children who has to work versus somebody who's maybe retired or, um, you know, doesn't have any obligations, they may be able to, they have different things that they're looking into. A lot of times young mothers are more worried about their children than they are themselves. You know, who's going to take them out from school if I don't feel good? Who's going to take care mm-hmm. of them? So. We really, um, it's a very, in, we, we create a very individualized care plan for that patient, looking at their needs, their, what they're going through right then in their life, what resources they have available. Some people have wonderful support systems and they really don't need community resources. Other people have a very poor support system and very poor financial resources and they need a lot of community support and um, things that you wouldn't normally think of. Some, as, as case managers, we do, it's almost like a mixture of social work and nursing. We take our medical mm-hmm. background, but then we have to look for community resources a lot of times to fill the needs that our clients have. What about when there are, like you said, the conflict between the three different providers who insisted that their situation had to be dealt with first? What about, um, it sounds like you do, like, even go to the the um, friends and relatives of the person you're working with if they need somebody to be there around the clock. Are you somebody that would set that up, or would you be somebody who would find somebody who could set that up? Uh, depending on where the case manager works, that would um, that would answer that question. Sometimes we organize family meetings and say, okay, um, mom needs to be here at this time. She needs a caregiver for these hours. Are we going to, as a family, pull together and cover this, or do we need to get paid caregivers in? Um, sometimes there are no family members and they need paid help, and then we will um, contact a home health agency and give them referrals to that. But we always give them options. We never dictate the care. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very important. Some people are very private. Um, some people, you know, aging in place and being in their own home is very important. Other people don't have support at home and they know it and they, or they have um, a home that is maybe not the best place for them to be. There may be a lot of fine, um, family dynamics that are going on in that home. It may be better for them to be in a skilled nursing facility or an assisted care where they can get the care that they need. So it really depends on the patient and the circumstances and where exactly that nurse is working at. Right. I can see there. Um, you'd have to be somebody who is really very flexible, um, can turn on a dime, almost like an emergency room in some ways, because just when you think you'd have something set up, then somebody freaks out and doesn't want to be involved or um, you know, some other conflict comes up where you really have to come up with a new plan. Right. You always have to have a contingency plan because that patient, um, for example, a 
a case manager at a hospital could have the perfect discharge plan set up. You know, the mm-hmm. mother's going to pick them up, take them to the pharmacy, and, you know, they're going to stay with them for the first two days, and then another person's going to come and stay with them, and then all of a sudden the daughter doesn't show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have nothing. And right. even, even if it's not just family, sometimes um, I've had home health agencies that, came and knocked on the door, the patient was at a doctor's visit, and so they didn't answer, and they never came back or followed up. So when you call and you say, hey, did they deliver that oxygen you needed? And so sometimes you're the one calling and finding out why it wasn't delivered, and did they actually get it? Um, So just because we discharge a a patient and we think that we have this perfect plan, um, that is part of the case management process, is to um, follow up and evaluate if everything went like it was supposed to. And, you know, about... I'd say about 80% of the time it does go as it's supposed to, but it's that 20% that fall through the cracks. But if nobody catches it, those are the ones that are repeat admissions. They don't get mm-hmm. the care that they need, and the patient suffers. Um, the cost of the medical bills go up. Um, right. The quality of care that they're getting suffers. So that's where we can kind of come in as a safety net. Well, and the trust of the client goes way down, too, because the first time something goes awry, I mean, they're... They're, they feel like you're their lifeline, and if that lifeline isn't working, um, it, it really is hard to regain that trust. Um, have you ever had a situation where uh, it just didn't work out between the case manager and the client, and you had to switch to a different person? Um, that does, Everybody has different personalities, so sometimes... Um, I have more of a, I'm a softie, <laughs> and sometimes people need somebody who's a little bit, who are a little bit more, um, this is what you need to do, and need to be like, right. you know, army, you need to do this, and so there have been times, and sometimes those personalities need somebody, you know, there's people who need somebody softer, so there are, um, I can only think of a lot one time where the personalities were clashing, um, I was a little bit too nice, like, you know, maybe this is what you need to do, and I needed somebody to say, no, you need to do this. And so um, that's what's nice when you work for a large organization. You have a lot of backup and people that mm-hmm. can take over when um, when personalities clash. Because that, right. that can happen with the best of people. You can always, and I'm sure you've seen that on the nursing floor too, where some people sure. just don't get along and it's not the patient's fault, it's not the nurse's fault, it's just the personalities clashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes just the circumstance. People are not on their best behavior, they're... They're afraid, they're um, confused and and maybe misunderstand or the communication isn't quite clear and some of those things can certainly get set off. Um, I'm uh, just trying to think here. Um, I, I would like to get to a point where we can talk about um, the um, cruise that you have and I'm thinking maybe that will be a little bit later. Um, we're getting close to um, a, a time that we could go on break, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking let's just take it now, and then we will have a little bit more time in this middle section to talk. So um, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I am Leanne Meyer, and I'm here today with Deanna uh, Cooper-Gillingham, and we're talking about case management. Um, lots to learn here. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact senior executive producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. And welcome back. This is Leanne Meyer, and um, we're here today in Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. We're talking about case managers. And I have a real expert here with me, Deanna Cooper-Gillingham. And um, we've been talking about some of the different aspects of case management, how vital it is to a patient that... um, gets a diagnosis that is overwhelming and maybe requiring many different pieces and parts to come together for everything to work uh, for their their health. Um, so, um, Deanna, let's, uh, well, one of the things I guess that I thought was kind of mystic or interesting is when we first talked, one of the first things you told me was that this was the case management week. And you asked if there was any possibility that we could do the show in this week. Well, it ended up I had booked everything through almost January, and this was the only day that was open. (laughs) 
so um, kind of missed it. So <laughs> tell us about um, the week. What all happens? What What is it about? So um, Case Management Week, a lot of, if you work for an organization, a lot of times they will have a little celebration for the case managers, you know, maybe have a little party or get pizza or something like that. But um, since I have my own business, I wanted to do something a little bit different, and that's why I asked you if I could be on the podcast, because my goal is to just raise awareness about what case managers do, and really to, um, I'm trying to develop the case management workforce. Um, I want to hopefully... There will be some listeners out there that are interested in becoming case managers. Hopefully, we got them a little curious about that. And um, so maybe we could talk a little bit about like, who would make a great case manager. I think that's a great idea. Okay. Well, um, experienced nurses, you know, I, I think a lot of times I, I always think of this one nurse that I work with in labor and delivery, and she was in her early 60s, and she couldn't retire yet. But she, the 12-hour night shifts were just not agreeing with her. And somebody like that is the perfect person to go into case management. They have so much experience behind them, a wealth of knowledge, and but yet they can't physically be on the floor for 12 hours anymore, kind of like I couldn't once I had my injury. And so case management is perfect for these people because you still, especially if you really want to impact your patients, you impact them on a different way. We do a lot of education with our patients and our clients. We, um, we make sure that they get the care that they need. Um, in the hospital, you know, we discharge them and we never see them and we don't know what happens after that. But depending mm-hmm. on where you work as a case manager, if you work in home care or if you work for an insurance company or workers' compensation, you get to kind of follow that patient through until they get back to their new normal or back to normal. And it's really a great feeling. And so somebody who has all that knowledge and really wants to go the extra mile for their patients, loves to advocate for their patients, um, people who have good, strong communication skills, um, make great case managers. You do have to have um, computer skills because I always like to say case managers exchange their stethoscopes for a computer. We do mm-hmm. a lot of work on the computer, both documenting, researching, uh, looking for resources for our clients. Um, so did you have any questions about that? Um, I think that's a great um, answer. What if somebody is younger and for whatever the reason, I'm thinking, you know, I don't even know, I guess this is really off the top of my head because I'm thinking about um, uh, disabled people who go into nursing. Maybe they're thinking of doing research or something else that would not necessarily have them at the bedside. But would this be something that someone like that could consider? Yes, most um, organizations that are hiring for case management want you to have between three and five years of care experience. Um, just be- and recent acute care experience, just because you have to be able to be knowledgeable of how the whole healthcare system works, how transitions of care work, um, stuff like that. But there are um, new nurses have a lot of energy and they make great case managers, especially the millennials out there, because they really they want to do. Um, they have this desire. I, I love millennials because they want to do something for the right reasons. It's not mm-hmm. all about the money and the job and the status, they're more looking at helping that patient and making a difference in the world. And case management is a wonderful place to make a difference. So yeah, even a nurse that just has a couple years of experience can enter into case management and they make wonderful case managers. That is fantastic to know. Are there um, uh, areas of case management? So like I'm an OB nurse or I consider myself an OB nurse would I go into case management just for OB patients 
or would you get um, a plethora of different kinds of patients? You know, it really depends on where you work. A lot of case managers in a hospital might work on a certain unit, depending on the type of the case management model that is used in that institution. So they might work in um, labor delivery, postpartum, um, NICU, those types of areas, and only discharge patients in that area and make sure that they have the resources that they need because they're more plugged into those. Um, insurance case management is another place where um, NICU nurses and labor and delivery nurses may go. Um, people who have ICU experience, sometimes they end up case managing the ICU unit. But then there's also, um, you know, I had a variety of experience before I went into case management, so I did complex case management to start. And we had patients that were either, they could be anything from a traumatic brain injury to a cancer diagnosis to a stroke. Anybody who just, I kind of like to say that their life changed in an instant. You know, they were well one day and then the next day they were really sick and they didn't know how to navigate the healthcare system. They didn't understand um, the treatment plans that were being presented to them. Um, they were very overwhelmed. So we kind of held their hand and guided them through and let them know what they needed to do next and you know, sure. you talked before about your friend with cancer, and sometimes, like, they get a fever, and they don't know who they call. Do they call the oncologist, right. the surgeon, the radiologist, you know, their, their primary care physician? And so we can just be there. Call us first, and we'll tell you who to call. <laughs> yes. So we can kind of help them to know. Yeah. Because sometimes they get frozen, and they do nothing because they're not sure right. what to do. Right. Or family members where something happens, and it's out of the ordinary, and they just don't have any idea of where to start. You know, I think about people who have no right. other experience with healthcare, and then their first experience is some catastrophic situation. Um, it, it just must—I know it's overwhelming for people who have a lot of medical background. So I can only imagine when you have somebody in that kind of a situation. Uh, um, I was thinking about what kinds of comments do you get from patients? What what is most helpful to them? Uh, with their case manager, is there ever some surprises about what they thought was helpful and what was not? You know, they just like having that one person that they can go to um, mm -hmm. because they have so many, so many different people that are checking on them for different reasons. Um, but they don't have that one person to say, "Okay, you know." That's the one thing I really loved about it was we could check in with them, and if they had nothing going on, okay, great, we'll talk to you in a week or two. But if they right. had something going on, we could be the one that, to help them to say, okay, yeah, you know, if you'd be you'd be surprised, um, people will be having a reaction to a medication and not want to call the doctor because I have an appointment mm -hmm. next week and I'm just going to wait. And it's like, no, you right. can't. You know, I had a cancer patient who couldn't eat, and he's like, well. Um, I see the doctor on Friday. I'm like, you can't go without food from Monday to Friday. You have to call him now. And they just need that empowerment. We help to, yeah. it's one of the things I love about case management is we empower our patients to do for themselves. Right. So we don't always do things for our patients. When we need to, we do. Sometimes we have to call the doctor on the patient's behalf. But what we try to do is empower them to call the doctor themselves mm -hmm. so that they can get that sense of I'm in control. This is my body. You know, mm -hmm. patients, sometimes they lose control of so much, you know, they can't control what's going on with their own body. And if we can give them that control to where they can control at least the treatment plan and the decisions that they're making and make informed decisions. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, my dad had a very severe uh, lung, um, well, various different lung, uh, um, uh, what do I want to call them, uh, lung 
problems. So uh, at one point, <clears throat> his um, uh, pulmonologist told him that he had nine separate fatal lung diseases. And, you know, that is wow. just so overwhelming. And he was somebody who would always, being in control was just so important to him. And at that point, he just felt like the rug had been pulled out from under him and um, there was no control. So there was one nurse that came in and just sat down with him and talked with him. How are you doing? Where are you at? What do you wish would happen or not happen? Um, And then she acknowledged him for uh, being a service member that, you know, she asked, did you work in the service? And she also had been in the service. So she saluted him. And it was the first time in weeks that he was able to turn around from feeling totally uh, no power to, again, feeling like he had, uh, he could be proud of himself and he could be proud of, of his life. So that's so incredible when nurses get that, that they, they just get uh, where this person might be floundering and how do I give them some sense of uh, a foundation. Yeah, and I think that's why there's such a high job satisfaction rate among um, case managers. We did a 2018 salary and trend survey, and 90% of case managers were happy with their role as a case manager. And um, I, I think that's why, because we can really make a difference in our patients' lives, and we can see the impact that we're making. Okay, you see it from the beginning to the end. Yes, we get to see the whole picture from the beginning to the end and really make an impact and help these patients that, you know, like I said, sometimes it's a new normal for them, but we can help them to adjust to that new normal. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you mentioned before about young nurses, one of the things that the young nurses, um, that a lot of them want work from home positions. And case management is a unique area where a lot of insurance companies, a lot of the big nationwide insurance companies will hire nurses that can work from their own home. I did that with the last two case management jobs that I had. And um, it really gives you a new work-life balance. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Somebody who's just had a baby, something like that, working with an uh, adult right. uh, parent or, or uh, even their own child, somebody that's suddenly very ill and needs to have uh, immediate care. Right. One, so one thing that, that is maybe injured and, and can't get, you know, getting to and from work would be difficult for mm-hmm. them. Um, I don't want to make it sound like that you can um, not have childcare because you do have to have childcare. Sure. <laughs> but there's a big difference when you can um, have lunch with your child. And right. You know, you have a, a babysitter in the home. Yeah. And you can um, not have to travel. You know, sometimes the commutes are quite long. Um, also, right. the pay for um, for certified case managers is very competitive to what nurses make in the hospital, which makes it a good transition, especially for those older nurses who have a lot of experience and they've kind of climbed up that pay scale. That's a good place for them to go. If they go to doctor's offices, a lot of times they have to take a big pay cut. I'm really surprised both at that and also what you said about uh, the satisfaction level, because it just seems like right now when I talk to people, the satisfaction level of nurses is way down. And some of that is because of so much of the computer stuff that keeps nurses away from their patients. And uh, some of that is 
the other aspects of relationship within a unit, like where you have people where everybody's under stress and you've got um, uh, uh, conflicts that are coming up and people are struggling to deal with them, uh, or just personality issues where people don't get along with one another. And and, uh, so there could be a lot of different things like that. Or the, you know, the nurse eating their young uh, syndrome that we've seen for a long, long time where uh, perhaps a newer nurse isn't getting the kind of either respect or support that they feel they really need, or vice versa, an older nurse not feeling like they're getting uh, support. So um, that I can see where if you were in a case management, you have, again, much more control over your own situation, uh, what is going on, and fewer people that you're probably working with and around. Uh, So I can see where that would make a huge difference. Yeah, and really to be a good case manager, you have to have wonderful interpersonal skills um, because you have to talk with doctors, pharmacists, DME companies, the patient, the patient's caregivers, the patient's family, and you have to be able to coordinate everything for everybody. So mm-hmm. I think it draws in people who um, who can't, because you won't be successful at it if you can't. If you're the type of person that, like, when you round the corner of the hallway, everybody runs and tries to hide from you, <laughs> you would not be a good case manager. Right. We've all worked with people like that, where the doctor walks down the hall and everybody's like running into a room and acting like they're busy. <laughs> so, but if you're the kind of person that, pe- that people genuinely like working with, if you're a good team player, and I think case management tends to attract those kinds of people because you have to. You have to be able to call mm-hmm. a skilled nursing facility and have really good relationships with them when that patient maybe is on waiting for their Medicaid approval, but they need to bed now. And, you know, mm-hmm. if they trust you, you have to be, you know, you just have to have the right qualities and, and traits. And I think we kind of attract that, which is why um, we have such a high satisfaction rate. And mm-hmm. um, you, just, you get to make... Um, you get to make a really dif- a real difference in the lives of our patients, and it's so satisfying to be able to not just send them out the door and hope everything went well, but to be able to check in on them and make sure everything did go well, and if it didn't, intervene to make sure that they do get what they need. Yeah, that is, is really so important, too. Um, I was thinking about um, a friend of mine died in um, March last year, and she had been dealing with... Um, uh, Uh, bone cancer and uh, just had hung in, had been just incredible. And she was really getting to the last uh, stages of her life. And yet she still wanted to fight. Her kids weren't ready for her to go. And she just really felt like she had to keep the fight up. And I remember being with her when they were, the doctor had ordered a medication that was going to be very expensive and probably not covered by her insurance. And so the care, her care manager then was talking with her about it, you know, uh, what, what do you want to have happen? And she said, I want to live. And if this is what he thinks is the only thing that's going to keep me alive, then I want that. Um, so the care manager said, great. So she set off on her own from there and she had to contact, I can't remember all of the different things, but I think it was like the pharmaceutical company to find out if there was any kind of way that it could be paid for another way. Um, she had to talk to, uh, find the nurses who would be able to deliver that particular type of medication, which was not used very often and, uh, had some real risky parts to it. So she had to find her an ICU bed, like soon, like immediately. And, um, 
she had to have my friend sign off basically over the phone saying, yes, I have said that I want to have this medication. And um, for whatever reason, I, I never did really understand. They had to have that communication with her as the patient. So she set all of this up so that it could be a very smooth transition. My friend, I'm sure, had no idea what saying yes to that drug meant. But I had, you know, I was looking in the background and listening to this nurse and realizing all of the different pieces, she difficult pieces, she was going to have to put together to make this happen for my friend so that she could eventually, she ended up living another week. Um, but in that time, she was able to have some very uh, important discussions with her children and you know you're never really ready but uh, at least they were more prepared than they would have had she just died that day so those those are just so huge such huge things that you're dealing with and you brought up a really good point um that's another thing about case managers is we are not to let our own um Opinions influence mm-hmm. the patient. It doesn't matter whether we think that they're ready for hospice or whether we think that they should be fighting more. It's whatever they want, and it's our mm-hmm. job to support them and to help the family. Like it, we've had patients where the families were like, "You have to keep fighting," and the patient yes. says, "No, I don't want to fight anymore." And so mm-hmm. we have to be the voice for them and help them to to advocate for them and say, "You know, this is not what they want." And we have to be that voice for them. Well, you know, sometimes patients, families want them to go into a nursing home and they want to age mm-hmm. in place. And so we help mm-hmm. them to age in place. So um, you brought up a really good point there, and I'm glad that you did. Well, thank you. I'm just thinking in terms of, I, you know, I thought I didn't know a lot about case management, but as you're talking, different situations are coming to mind where I realized I may not have been sitting in front of a case manager, but actually was interacting with case managers without realizing it. Let's take a break here again. Uh, I think this is a good place for it. So, um, This is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. We're talking about case managers and how they guide people through the healthcare maze. I'm talking with Deanna Cooper-Gillingham, who is uh, an expert on this subject and has been doing case management for a long time. Uh, We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. If you like what you're hearing on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, consider supporting the show. In the one year since the show started, we've increased our listening audience by nearly 7,900% and our goal to reach 50 countries and counting. Whether you are looking to reach a regional, national, or worldwide audience, you'll have a competitive advantage by advertising on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. It's the perfect platform. Contact Senior Executive Producer Tacey Trump today at 480-294-6421. That's 480-294-6421. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. I am here today on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse with uh, Deanna Cooper Gillingham. And we're, we've been talking about case managers and how uh, they uh, assist patients through that healthcare maze. Um, we've been talking about um, what, who are the kinds of people that do well in case management, um, you know, v- different aspects of what case managers do. And um I'm just thinking that this might be a good time to talk about how do you get into case management. Uh, we touched on that briefly, kind of if you know somebody, it helps a lot. But what if you don't know anybody? Yeah, um, well, networking is always the best. I think that's always your number one way to um, get your foot in the door. And if you don't know somebody, some of the ways that you can network is um, through your professional organizations. So CMSA is the Case Management Society of America, and they have local chapters. So you could look to see if there's a local chapter in your area and attend some of their meetings, um, ask questions, and just connect with the case managers there. There's a lot of hiring case managers that um, attend these local meetings and may be able to help you get your foot in the door. So um, I always encourage people to attend those. Um, Optimizing your CV and resume and it's mm-hmm. a little bit different applying for a case management job than it is a traditional nursing job. They're looking for um, experience with transitions of care, education. Um, they're also looking that you understand insurance principles because everything in case management, you know, when we take care of a patient, we don't care if they have insurance, don't have insurance, have great insurance, have no insurance. We are just there to take care of our patient. Patient, But as a case manager, if you're transferring a patient from the hospital to rehab, you have to know, do they have a rehab benefit with their insurance? How many days mm-hmm. will it cover? Um, you know, which, who's in network, who's out of network. So um, anything of computer skills, highlighting computer skills on your resume really helps. Um, and then the LinkedIn profile, making sure that you update your LinkedIn profile to, again, have those keywords that um, are more relevant to case management. 
say what those words are because everybody says use those keywords and then if you're out of the <laughs> that uh, area you have no idea what the keywords are any type of um, software that you've used in the hospital you want to mm-hmm. um, really highlight if you use something like interqual or MCG and those are more geared towards um, utilization review those are a definite plus um, anything even like just word processing, computer skills, that definitely helps because that's one of the things that I hear hiring managers tell me is that they need their case managers to understand computers a little better. Um, transitions of care, um, education, um, critical thinking, problem-solving skills, those strong interpersonal skills we talk about, and anything with insurance, um, any type of insurance. Um, if you've taken continuing education on Medicare or something like that, that really helps also. Mm-hmm. Um, it it really helps to hear you say these things so that somebody has a much better idea. One of the things that came to mind to me is I know that um, uh, people who are working um, as telephonic nurses or nurses that are um, um, doing the, what is the word I want to say, not targeting, um, uh, it'll come to me. So when people are triaging, so um, when people are calling in, they actually have an algorithm in front of them that helps them go through, you know, is it this or that or, you know, all the different ways. Is there anything like that for case managers or do you really have to remember all this stuff? Um, that's where the experience comes in because you need to know a lot of it on your own. But for things like utilization review, um, one of the things that case managers often do, and not every case manager does this, but a lot do, is they actually um, will do the utilization review. So if, if you're working for an insurance company and you're, um, you have that client under case management and let's say they go into the hospital, you may be the one who decides whether they meet criteria. And there are tools mm-hmm. we use called Interqual and MCG. So mm-hmm. those are tools that are like online software where you can find out if they meet criteria. Also for hospital case managers, they need to know that also because they will be told when that patient comes in, you have three days or you have 24 hours, mm-hmm. and then you have to send in additional information to say, why does this patient still need to be here? So they use the tools also to determine, does this patient meet the criteria for continued mm-hmm. stay review, for admission, for a certain procedure? Mm-hmm. And then there's all the nursing homes, too, where um, there's so many different qualifications on whether they can go there or not go there. Will they receive the care that they need? Is this the right kind of place for them? So it, it, it's almost an unde- unending list of options that uh, really are there. Um, so yeah. it is and, and really, I can see it. Yes, understanding levels of care is also really important. Um, knowing what is handled at each level, like um, to get rehabilitation at a skilled nursing facility versus an inpatient rehab facility, there's different qualifications that need to be met. Um, and so case managers understand all of this. And this is something that we usually, like I said, we don't mer- learn this as a foreigner. <laughs> so you kind of have to either learn this on the job. There's a lot of on-the-job training um, or you need to take a course or something like that that will help you to get this under your belt so that you can be better qualified and be able to put those um put that you have that education in your resume if you're looking Mm -hmm. to get your foot in the door. So is there any kind of like a um, getting to know you or introductory type of of training that could be done 
um, that would allow somebody to get a feel for, is this for me, um, before they're actually committing to maybe a lot of dollars in training or or um, putting their hat in the ring for a job that may end up not being the best for them. You had mentioned yeah, a webinar. Are, um, a couple options. Yeah, there's a couple um, different options. If you work in a hospital, the best bet is to go and talk to the person that's in charge of your case management department, the director, and ask her if you can shadow and see what case managers do in a hospital setting. That'll give you a really good idea of mm-hmm. hospital setting case managers, but hospital, I mean, case managers work in a variety of settings. They work in um, inpatient settings. They work for insurance companies. They work at home as workers' compensation or in the field, doctor's offices, home care, um, the community, and some even own their own independent case management companies. Mm-hmm. Um, because of Case Management Week, we are doing three webinars this week, um, three live webinars, and then we have recordings for those that find this afterwards, after Case Management Week, mm-hmm. where we kind of talk a little bit more about case management, how to get your foot in the door, exactly what it is for people that may be curious and think, this is something that I might be interested in, but I need a little more information. So the webinars are live. We have a presentation that we go through, and we talk about everything from we go into more details about who makes a good case manager, exactly what case managers do, their roles and functions, and then um, we talk about different ways that you can get your foot in the door. We're just going to go into all that in a little more detail. Okay, that sounds great, uh, especially how would they find out about that? Or, or get signed um, up for them. If they go to our website, yeah. If they go to our website, which is casemanagementinstitute.com, um, and you scroll to the bottom, there's a place where you can enter your email address. And then we send mm-hmm. out emails um, before each webinar. So right now mm-hmm. we're sending out emails um, for the webinars we're having this week. And mm-hmm. um, we do them, you know, a couple times a year we have these where we just try to get the word out there about what case management is. We're really trying to build that workforce. Um, case management, we all know that Nurses, they call it, you know, the, they're graying out. <laughs> and case mm-hmm. managers, um, the average age of a case manager is even older than that of a nurse. So mm-hmm. I really want to make sure that when I need a case manager, there are good qualified case managers there. And so that's my personal mission is to mm-hmm. develop the case management workforce and get the right people into case management. Yes, that definitely sounds like uh, one of the things I think, you know, people are so concerned about is whether uh, job security, um, it sounds like this is a growing area, even in healthcare, which is growing more than many other industries. Is that the case? Because of the complexity of um, healthcare, you know, healthcare right now in America is very siloed. It's very complex. There's new technologies. And then payment is always a huge issue. Um, We're moving right now from fee-for-service to value-based care. And so because of that, a lot of organizations realize that case management departments is where where you get that value-based care because Mm -hmm. they have to prevent readmissions. If a patient comes back into the hospital within 30 days of being discharged for certain diagnoses, they get less money from Medicare. So case managers can develop systems that will check on patients, make sure they got their medications, make sure that they got their follow-up care, make sure that they got the DME that was ordered to make sure that that patient doesn't come back into the hospital because the hospitals aren't getting paid anymore just because you did a service. Now they're getting paid on their um, HCAP scores and a variety Mm -hmm. of other things. Right. How well did you do with the patient as opposed to how many services did you uh, deliver? 
I, I'm glad exactly. to hear that because that really needs to be where the focus is. Um, we've been hearing or I've been hearing from lots of different guests that have been on where uh, the focus is so much more toward, um, you know, doing lab tests that probably didn't need to be run or doing uh, various different tests because the patient feels like if you didn't do a test or you didn't rub, run some lab work that you weren't really doing anything for them. And um, that is not true. I mean, so many times, like you said, just the experience, the knowledge, the background of uh, physicians and nurses that they can um, have a much, uh, a pretty good idea of what it is that is going on without running the expensive tests. It would be more if they didn't know what was going on or um, weren't sure what they were dealing with that they would, you know, consider running uh, some tests to roll out. But when that's the only way they make money, that becomes the stimulus to do more testing. So we are coming exactly. up to the end. I want to know what would you like to share uh, with um, our listeners that um, you really want to make sure that everybody is hearing and understanding about this. Or if you want to talk, um, I, I well, understand there's a cruise coming up. So if you want to talk about that, that's <laughs> fine too. Yes, um, the cruise is for case managers. We have um, a case managers cruise, and that's where case managers can continue education and have fun and sail the Caribbean. So that's just something fun that we do. Um, if people are interested in that, they could go to casemanagerscruise.com and learn more. Um, again, my goal really today is I hope that I've inspired a couple people that think that hey, I want to learn more about case management, or I think case management might be the might be the right fit for me. Um, we would love for you to go to casemanagementinstitute.com and um, scroll to the bottom there, and you will see where you can register for our free webinar, where you can learn more about case management, um, and you can ask questions since it's live. If you attend live, you can ask me questions, and I can give you the answers that you want. Mm-hmm. So are there other ways for them to get a hold of you, or is that the best way, the Case Man- Management Institute is the best way for them to uh, contact you? Um, if somebody would like to contact me, they can go, um, I'm on LinkedIn, Deanna Cooper Gillingham on LinkedIn, and I would love for you to send me a connection. Mm-hmm. We also be- have a Facebook group called Case Managers Community. And if you are a case manager or you're seriously interested in case management, that Facebook group, um, we do ask some questions there. Just answer the questions and we'll let you in and you can learn a lot more there. We have about, we have over 11,000 members in that group. So it's a really active, um, supportive group. Wow, that's amazing. Um, Certainly helpful. I I think uh, especially in an, or uh, I was thinking in terms of small towns where maybe a a case manager might be the only person either in their hospital or in their clinic in their town um, and may not have a lot of uh, connections to other people around them that can help support them and uh, help them feel confident that um, they're making right decisions or maybe coming across a case that they've never heard of or seen before and no idea of where to start with it. Yeah, so nice to know that. It's a very supportive group. We always, you know, we have people that post in there all the time and um, it's not just me, it's everybody in the group kind of answers each other and we have a lot of experts in the group also. Um, so they get in there when needed and they answer questions. So it's a really great group. It's called Case Managers Community that's on Facebook. 
One of the things I wanted to really encourage people to is if you're listening to this and you're thinking, this is not for me, but I know a couple of people that it really would be good for them um, to be able to share this with them. Uh, they can listen to it on the podcast and the podcasts are available within 24 hours of the show being over with. So um, it, it's pretty quickly that they are available. Uh, so we are at the end of our show today, and I'm always sad when that happens. I'm always excited when we start one, and then it goes by so fast. Um, but I do want to thank everybody who has been listening. Um, as of this past Monday, I believe it, um, the, the listeners for the past year have been about 86,000 people listening in 60 different countries. And I just want to thank everybody so very much for your attention for writing to me. My um, email address is leannevoiceamerica uh, at gmail.com or you can go to my face page on Voice America and just um, there's a place where you can uh, speak to the, the host. Um, please send me your ideas, your thoughts, your comments, your uh, anything like that is very helpful. So again, we're done for today. This is Once a, Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And I am Leanne Meyer. And thank you so much, Deanna. I appreciate your help and your knowledge. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.